It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey everyone, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I'm your host, Jay Shear. Have you ever seen an infomercial on TV or bought one of those as-seen-on-TV products? Well, you're about to meet the man that made those possible. I'm excited today to bring you an interview I did with Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks on the ABC hit show Shark Tank. Kevin's worked with some of the biggest celebrities, including CeeLo Green, Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton, 50 Cent, Jack LaLanne, George Foreman, and the list just goes on and on. Kevin is regularly featured as an industry expert in numerous media outlets, including NBC's Today Show, ABC's Good Morning America, CBS Morning News, The View, The Wendy Williams Show, CNN, Entrepreneur Magazine, Fast Company, and many more. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Our guest is a serial entrepreneur who started his first business at age 15. For more than 30 years, he's been empowering entrepreneurs to greatness. He's a Fortune 100 investor, a best-selling author, advisor, philanthropist, the inventor of the infomercial, one of the principal pioneers of the As Seen on TV brand. He's an original shark on the hit TV show Shark Tank, and he's generated over six billion dollars in global sales from the launch of more than 1,000 products. Please welcome the entrepreneur's entrepreneur, Kevin Harrington. Kevin, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Jay, thank you. Uh, very nice introduction there. I, I appreciate that. I got to hang out with you more often. <laughs> well, let's do it. Well, I'm grateful for you. Let's, let's jump right in because there's so many different areas I want to cover here. Let's start with going back to a bit of your origin story. So what were some of the early experiences that shaped who you are today, your beliefs and the work that you do? Well, I started it. My father was an entrepreneur and owned restaurants. And I started in his um, operations when I was 11 years old. So um, now my dad worked, he, he had, he, he had his restaurant that I started in, open for lunch at noon and was open till 2.30 in the morning, six days a week. And he was there that entire block of time as the owner, right? Now me, I started working a 40 hour week when I, when I was 11 and bar backing and serving and dishwashing and, you know, all the things, assistant chef. So how do you become an assistant chef at 11 years old? Well, your, your dad owns the restaurant. The chef doesn't show and you're assisting your dad in cooking the meals. Right. Because that he and I would be back there regularly making it happen because I mean, hey, on a busy night, we you know, we, let's go. Let's let's get it going. So I, I think I was able to to grow up around entrepreneurship, which was very good for me. And, you know, and then my dad's like, you need your own business. So I started a driveway ceiling business out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'll never forget the first night I went out thinking I'm going to go knock on doors and tell everybody that they need my services. And I knocked on 20 doors and I got 20 get out of here. I'm not interested. You're bothering me at dinner. And, um, and, and then I, I figured out 
what I did wrong. I needed some credibility in the neighborhood. So I, end, I, I get one job done in the neighborhood almost for free, just for cost, put my sign across it, take a before and after picture, go right back down the same 20 people and get 15 or 18 of them to say yes, because we did it a different way. So I think I grew up around entrepreneurship with my father, learned how to sell at an early age. And, and of course, then I, I, I one day I'm watching television and the, my television went dark for six hours on, on this one channel. And I called the cable company and they said, oh, Discovery, it's a brand new channel. They don't have a budget for 24 hours a day. It's an 18 hour a day channel. And I said, well, what are you doing with the other six hours? They said, nothing. Do you have any ideas? And I said, yes, I'll put something in there and pay you a percentage. And they said, come on down. And I did. I signed a multi-year contract for six hours a day on the National Discovery Channel in 215 cities. Um, and this was done back in the early 80s. And I started putting product after product after product in there. Tony Little Fitness, Jack LaLanne's Juicers, George Foreman, Billy Mays, Suzanne Summers, Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton, you name it. 50, 50 cents headphones. So you mentioned I've launched over a thousand products. I have now. Less than half of those made money, but we can talk about that too, Jay. You don't have to hit on 100% of everything to be successful. So the bottom line is, I think as an entrepreneur, you seek opportunity. And when I saw six hours of unused and unsold airtime, that was my opportunity. And I got six hours on Discovery, six hours on National Network, two hours on Lifetime, two hours on Bravo. On, on, these were multiple year contracts with national cable networks. Then we went to England with the, with the Sky Channel. We went to the Middle East with the Arab Radio Television Network. Then we went to Japan and Latin America. And all of a sudden, we're in 100 countries dubbing all of these infomercials into the languages around the world. Amazing. Just incredible. So what what is one of the most difficult decisions that you've had to make in the pursuit of who you've become? Yep. Great question. Um, I, I had a, a we, we were growing our business very nicely, but we had, a, you know, when, when you don't start with a lot of capital and I, I was a young entrepreneur, 25,000 bucks I put into the bank, into my account to start this TV business and boom, all of a sudden I was at 50 million a year in sales off of that $25,000 investment, okay? But we didn't, that wasn't going to take us much further because we needed millions more. So I had to now dilute, bring in partners, sell equity, raise capital. And this, this was a big decision. Um, today, people are, oh, no, I'm not going to, I don't want anybody else in part of my business telling me what to do and this and that. Well, look, if you do it right, with investors, you put an operating agreement together. So, you know, there's certain uh, situations that you have to adhere to, and you can't just bonus yourself all the profits and things like that. So the bottom line is, is that I a big move for me was deciding that I needed to raise capital, give up some equity, and 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 bring on you know some 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 other smart people besides myself because I will be honest with you Jay in the very beginning I was a hard headed entrepreneur that thought oh I can do it I I I 
I'm smart enough to do this. I don't have to pay big money to other people. And I cut corners hiring finance and operations people because I didn't see the value. Well, guess what? The money I saved cost me millions when I got the wrong people because this is this is the point I want to make here. You you need when you're building your business, you don't hire the person that your bank account can afford because that's not going to be a very powerful person. You hire the person that you need to take your business to the next level. And now that might take a little bit of extra capital to do that. And I mean, I had a CFO. I only wanted a budget of 80 grand. And my, my accountant said, but you're getting a low qualified guy. He said, you're, you, where are you going? And I said, well, I want to build a $100 million business. Well, you can't build a $100 million business with an $80,000 CFO. Okay. So you just, you have to learn and you have to take advice and, and acknowledge that other people can bring you some good things. So the bottom line, I created a dream team brought people in with an expertise, finance, operations, digital marketing, and, and the, the, the raising capital sides that I wasn't good at. I was a marketing guy, but I said, I need to bring in the rest and make it happen, bring in best people I can, I can find. Yeah, amazing. Love that. And love the concept of building your dream team, surrounding yourself with the right people who can help you grow, that can push you who are part of that vision of the long-term thinking, where you're going and where you're growing and make sure that you are investing those people. So share with us then. So we're talking about partners who, who makes a great business partner. Somebody that has skill sets that complement you very well. If, if you have two, like if, if there's two guys that are marketing guys and they're salesmen oriented and they understand you know, getting the deal, that's one thing. But now who's going to operate the business, right? You need, so you need a good COO that, that it has all the capabilities of dealing with all the softwares, all of the, the big thing in today's world is continuity, subscription revenue. So it's like, I could sell people in the, to agree to take a product every month from us, but the technical side of that of shipping it every month, getting the returns, processing the returns, and all of that, it could be the difference between success and failure, utilizing the right procedures and softwares and oversight. So, I mean, we had a campaign that almost put us out of business because it wasn't, it wasn't handling the returns properly and, and giving people credits. And we weren't and, and the real problem was it wasn't getting recorded for us as a return. And so we were, we kept buying more media based on the numbers that we had, but our returns were much higher than we, than we realized we were losing money on every sale and we rolled it out. So if you don't have the right people around you, you're going to be out of business. Yeah. Great, great point. So let's talk about the stages of entrepreneurship. You outline five different stages uh, from idea to planning, execution, growth, and scaling, and then exiting. Why don't you very briefly walk us through each of those and maybe give an example of a lesson that you've learned through those stages, something that our audience can take away? 
Yeah. So, so the first one, um, and, and you, you ran through those very quickly. I know we've talked about that, but I, ideation, did you say was the first one? That I- yeah. So idea, the actual startup itself. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that th- this is where everything starts. It, it, I, I think that I, I, I'm good. See, I'm an entrepreneur that does a lot of startups. So um, find people that are used to startups, that are used to getting these um, in on the ground floor. Because I'll tell you this, we, we, you know, I'm, I've invested in over a thousand different deals over the last 35 plus years. Mm-hmm. And most of those were startups. But I talk to people now and they say, we don't, if there's not sales and profits, we're not putting any money in. So you, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people in the beginning and, you know, kind of back to that whole dream team con- concept, get the right folks on the front end at the ideation level, because they're going to help you package it the right way along the way also. So, so that was number one. What, what was, you, you got to help me here because you, you sure. threw them at me real fast. And yeah. So, so we've talked about idea and now we go to planning. Right. And that obviously I, I am a huge proponent of a business plan. Um, there's, there's nine or 10 parts of a business plan that people don't understand that, you know, it, it's one of the big things about business planning and, and, and the whole planning process is, what kind of capital do you do you need? And when somebody says to me, I, I need money, I'm raising a quarter million dollars. I want to know what's the use of proceeds. Where is that quarter million dollars going to be deployed? What's the plan? Who are the people, right? So this is an important part of the phase. We are going to talk about money in a second, but the bottom line is, is a business plan talks about, it, it talks about the, 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 the idea, the uniqueness of the idea talks about raising capital, creating your, your team, your dream team. Um, it, it, you, you need to have a competitive analysis in your planning phases. You know, I'm investing in a project right now that is in the, in the male um, uh, potency, you know, and, and um, enhancement, sexual enhancement areas, right? Well, there's five big companies already doing this. So we're doing a very detailed analysis of all the competition in the marketplace already. So planning is vital, especially if you're going to hire the right people. They, the people coming in want to know that you put a plan together. And if you're going to raise money, they want to see that plan also. We're going to take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors. You're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Jay Shear. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur trying to figure out how to improve and achieve greater results? If so, I'm speaking to you. I provide the tools, coaching, and accountability you need to gain clarity around your personal and professional goals, remove the excuses holding you back, build the mindset, leadership skills, and proven strategies to grow your business and become the best version of yourself. To learn more or to apply for my coaching services, call 904-236-0431 or visit jshearbusinessconsulting.com. 
There's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves more than just average. It deserves Flagler Media. We specialize in innovative and dynamic marketing solutions tailored to mid-sized businesses with ambitious goals. Our team of experts are dedicated to helping you stand out from the crowd, drive growth, and elevate your brand. Ready to take your marketing to new heights? Choose Flagler Media, where we turn great ideas into remarkable results. Visit us at flaglermedia.com today or call us at 386-227-6477. Flagler Media, exceptional marketing for exceptional businesses. All right, we're back. And again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. And let's jump back into the conversation with Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks on the ABC hit TV show, Shark Tank. And then the next one would be execution. Execution. This is where the rubber meets the road. And so... When I told you about a thousand investments, our execution is primarily geared towards selling the product. Okay. So, I mean, for example, here's, I just, you know, I have products sitting behind me that we've been involved with for years, but this is a little eyeglass cleaner that had, it's a three step eyeglass cleaner. The first step is it's got a little brush, you get all the dust off so you don't scratch your glasses. Right. And, and so this is step one with the brush. Step two is it opens up and it's got a double sided carbon cleaning system that cleans both sides simultaneously under bridge bridges and in corners because of the, the unique pear shaped design. And then it third step is the cleaning step. It electrostatically cleans itself and it's ready to go 500 times. Now, execution on this was getting customers. So we put together videos, consumers using it. We bought Facebook, we bought Instagram, we bought TikTok, we used affiliates. And what did we do? We were selling 100 a day, 500 a day, 1,000 a day, 2,000 a day, 5,000 a day, 10,000 a day, 15,000 a day. We got this up. We've now done $120 million in sales on this product. And the execution was focused on a couple things, but what is your acquisition cost to get the customer to buy this, right? What's the, what is the customer acquisition cost? We call that a CAC, C-A-C. And we had a very affordable customer acquisition cost. And then we had to have all the fulfillment, customer service, et cetera. But let me tell you the real breakthrough on this. And this is part of execution. This sells for $15. So the average order, people were ordering. They said, yeah, I'll take one. They ordered it. We're selling, it was an average order of about 20 bucks. And we said, wait a minute, that's not enough. We need more revenue. So yes, customer acquisition cost is important, but what is the average lifetime value of the customer? How much will they spend? Well, guess what? Your glasses, I'm sitting in my office, but I got a pair sitting by my bed. I got a pair in my car. I got a pair by my couch. Buy two, 
get two free. Buy three, get three free. We increased the average order of this from $20 up to $54. And that allowed us to spend $18 on a customer acquisition cost for a $15 item. So that's when we were able to kick this thing into high gear and get it to 120 million. It was about the execution of getting more sales out of the same customer. And that's the key. So we've, we've got a great execution team that knows how to do this. Love that. Next one is growth and scaling. So I kind of covered some of that in, in the execution phase here because it's growth and scaling is vital. It's the, the, the scaling side is all about the, the lifetime value of the customer. And let's go back to the some of the guys. I call them the smartest guys in the business uh, in my world, Bill Guthy and Greg Ranker. Guthy Ranker, they, they, they came out with their first, their, their skincare product, Proactive, right? And, and, and they were acquiring customers in the early days for $20. And that customer was staying on for eight months of turns and getting, they were getting hundreds of dollars in revenue for a $20 acquisition cost. Of course, that has changed, that has increased, but the, the execution, it's, it's, it's paying attention to the small details of what are the returns? What are, you know, what, I mean, let me give you one example of something so simple that Greg Ranker created. He was shipping out his skincare in a box and, course, people could open it up, see it. They didn't like it. They'd return it. So they'd open the box. They just put it back in the box, put a label on it. No, nah, I don't want it. He created a box that when you opened it, it was, it was destroyed. So there was no box that you could put it back into and ship it. His returns went down by 30%. This is execution. And this is the, you know, this is the, the scaling and the growing and, 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 and because if you reduce your returns by 30%, you're going to be able to scale that campaign much longer and further, et cetera. There's one other important things in scaling that you need. You got to have money. So don't forget about raising capital and making sure that you got enough money to scale the business. Mm, perfect. Great advice. And then the final stage of entrepreneurship, as you have them listed, would be the exit. You know, I, I ask people up front and what is your goal? And funny thing is, not everybody says, I want to build it and sell it and make a lot of money. Now, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, if anyone was presented with that opportunity after they build it, someone comes along and says, I want to buy it, they probably would be open to hearing about it. But I design my programs to build them and sell them. That I mean, this is one of the reasons why I get involved with public companies you know, private companies, Jay, are the most difficult because there's no market to sell that equity. I mean, I've got equity in hundreds of private companies that is not exchangeable on any kind of public forum, right? Whereas if I invest in a public company, I've got stock that I can turn around and sell. So I think paying attention to the exit is important. And also, let's put it this way. If, if you used all your own money and did it, and you didn't want to sell, that's fine. But if, if you came to me and I invested millions because I said, okay, I'm going to invest millions because 
I want to get a return on my investment. And you decided, well, you don't want to sell because you don't need that return on investment. It's like, no, that's not fair to me, the investor. So I think the important thing is, is understanding as an investor and an owner, what is the strategy and is it to exit the business and sell it? And if so, you can actually build your business and work your numbers such that you keep the end in mind, meaning like I'll talk to somebody that might be a buyer of the business and say, okay, what is it you need to see? Well, we need to see a business that's doing at least 30 million with a 15% EBITDA net profit. And if so, then we can buy that company. So we design a company to fit those numbers and take it back to them to see if they're ready to buy. So, you know, it's it, it, a, a successful exit can be the most important thing because if you don't get out at the right time, you, you, you might end up, if you, you, I mean, I, I don't want to mention any names right now, but I can tell you about a public company that the stock went down by 50% in, in, in about three weeks because they weren't thinking about the right things to be doing on an exit. Wow. Incredible. Yep. So we're going to have to schedule round two because there's other areas that we want to dig into to share with our audience. But I do, before we wrap up today, I want to ask you two quick things. Number one, what challenge would you give to our listeners? Well, that's a good question. Okay. I'm going to give them a challenge. Um, that you and I are sitting here hanging out and, and you've got a great track record and, and you've been doing this for years. I've been doing this for almost 40 years now. And, 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 and people think, I wonder if there's, can I get to somebody like Jay? Could I get to somebody like Kevin to be in, in my world and in my, give me some advice, et cetera. I challenge the folks out there right now, not just to focus on you and me, because that would be easy because here we are, but go into their industry and find a guru that, that they can get to be part of their dream team and create a, 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 an upside for that person. It could be someone that's retired. It could be somebody that's not retired, but find a guru that you can bring in to your business that can be your shark type of thing, right? Because by the way, you know, I, I needed a guru. I, I went and I found Richard Branson, and I got invited to go down and hang out with him at his island in Necker Island because I focused on finding somebody that I knew could bring me value, right? So this is what anyone listening right now, if you want to get a, a, a pop in your business, get a, a jolt of some really cool new ideas, get, get some kind of a dream team member that you can find someone within your industry or outside your industry to be part of your team. Love it great piece of right. advice and a great challenge for all of us. Here is my final question to you. What is one of the greatest gifts that life has given you that you didn't realize at the time? Well, that's a great question, Jay. Um, I, I think, I, I believe that it, I, I'm a marketing oriented person. So I like to try to envision a the, the 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 selling message on the very front end and and I try to connect with the to be the buyer right so I'm I have the ability to not just be the salesman selling but I also put myself in the in this in the buyer's shoes and what is it that I need to see to make this 
happen. So, so I, I'm, I'm a buyer and a seller simultaneously, and it's given me the ability to connect the dots for the, for the sale to be made. And I think when you watch the thousand plus infomercials that I did over the last 30 some years, you'll see we created some of the most amazing pitches and demos and things that were you know, really very powerful. And I think this is because as a consumer, what is it I want to see to make me want to buy, right? And so I'm able to see both sides of it. And this gives me the ability to make the sale. That's a powerful perspective, no doubt about it. And I want to make sure that everybody that's watching and listening right now also understands that in addition to what we've been talking about here today, and we will continue this conversation, Kevin advises companies. He's a best-selling author, and he is about giving back, right? One of his most recent books, Mentor to Millions, talks all about that. And we're going to dig into more details on that one on our next conversation. So, Kevin, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for spending time with us on Business Minds Coffee Chat. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Take care. And for all of you, thank you so very much for tuning into Business Minds Coffee Chat. We'll be back next Saturday morning at 8.30. Until then, keep learning and growing and keep doing the work to reach your potential. Take care, everybody.